Well, let me just begin by saying good morning again and welcome to all of you who are here in our contemporary service and in all of our local and online worship venues. It's my pleasure today, a real pleasure, to welcome and introduce to you our partners in ministry and our family's own good friends and under Jesus the Lord, the leaders of Mission of Hope in Haiti, uh, Brad and Vanessa Johnson are here with us. We've had the pleasure and it is a joy to partner in ministry with you all with Mission of Hope uh, since 2009 and to grow the partnership since that time and to continue to grow the partnership now. Whenever we get the opportunity to be involved in what God is already doing here or abroad, that's joy, that's life, and it's a privilege to be doing that with you guys. I just want to pray for you and uh, we're looking forward to hearing from you this morning. Father in heaven, thank you for all your good work in the world. Thank you for the opportunity to be here, to celebrate it, to, to praise you, to celebrate what you're doing, to pray to you. And God, I pray for your blessing on this time, on the words that we hear, on the partnership we share, that you would continue to, to encourage us by the good news of the coming of your kingdom in this world and uh, calling us to participate in your work. Lord, we love you and pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks, Brad. Thank you. Well, it is good to be back with you all. Um, I, I first want to start by introducing my family that's here with me. So if you guys could just stand up. Vanessa, you're going to come up in a minute, but please stand up. This is my wife and our daughter, Jama, Bo, stand up, JD, and Georgie. So I just, they've traveled a long ways to be here, so thank you. Uh, I... I want to start by saying thank you for the partnership. It, it, the video said there's a family 2,200 miles away, and that's felt. Uh, we feel it when we come up here that we're family, and we also feel it when you go down to Haiti. So thank you for being a part of the Mission of Hope family and for allowing us to be part of this family here. Uh, I just want to start by telling you this partnership has been incredible, and I want to tell you some things that God's done through the partnership and other partnerships that we have with other churches. And through Mission of Hope. So let's start with this past year, we had over 1,300 people make first-time commitments to Christ. Amen. That's a huge number, and it's why we are who we are. We are there to see a nation change. So, amen. Now, this one still blows my mind, but we had over 6,000 children come to our VBS program in the summer. Yeah, that's a lot of kids. Um, that's We have a great team that that runs with the kids. That's not my deal. Um, I love the kids. I love ministering to them, but that's a lot of kids. So 6,000. But in our clinic this year, we have both our clinic on-site, and then we also have our mobile clinics, which are where North Americans come down and they go out. Together, we saw over 30,000 patients treated. Uh, that's a huge thing when you see the need that's in Haiti medically, and to be able to treat them both physically, and then also share with them the reason why you're there. That's because of Jesus. We have many people come to faith through the mobile clinics. So we're excited about what God's doing through there, as well as we have a, a prosthetics lab, and we're able to put 500 limbs on people this year uh, that totally transforms their life. In Haiti, if you do not have a limb, and many people lost limbs in the earthquake, you don't have hope because you can't get a job. So 500 people were able to get limbs as well. In our clinic this year, we opened a, uh, a dental a clinic, a bigger dental clinic, and also an eye care clinic. And in the eye care clinic on the way right now is a machine to remove cataracts. So we're very excited about how God's going to use the mobile medicine and the clinic at Mission of Hope. Also this year, we had over 6,000 kids come to our schools. Uh, that's a... That's a huge number. Thank you for that. That's a huge number um, because what it allows us to do is take a child from three years old, 
give them a quality education that's Christ-centered and know that when they graduate, and this past year we had 196 kids graduate from our high school, when they graduate, they've heard the gospel, they've seen the gospel, and they have an education. Now they can go out and really change their nation. Uh, we have 2,000 kids that aren't sponsored yet out of that 6,000. Um, several of the kids back in the, the foyer are, um, are from Sioux Motla, the profiles are, and we'd love for you to sponsor them. We have 4,000 kids that are waiting right now on a waiting list to come into schools. So God's doing an incredible thing through education. Thank you for the 115 people that partner with us. You're truly changing kids' lives. Uh, I wish you, I could take you all just to see their families and for you to understand the importance of Christ-centered education in their lives. But thank you for partnering with us in that way. Also, with kids in school, we were able to feed 91,000 kids across Haiti every day. Uh, it's an incredible thing to see our warehouse food coming in and food going out. And that, that's a, a phenomenal thing to have God bless us to be able to bless so many children. It's an open door for us to go into schools and communities and share about who Christ is and to see those kids grow. But the beauty of what God's doing right now is we're able to work with farmers as well that are in Haiti. And by 2020, our goal is to not bring in any food from the United States, but to have all the food be bought in Haiti, packaged in Haiti by the Haitian people, and then distributed back out to the children. Uh, we're seeing God open those doors. We have had farmers that are overproducing, and we're, we've now got it down to 25 cents a meal that we can actually feed a child with Haitian food, Haitian labor, and getting it back out to them. So God's doing incredible things through that, and that's, again, a door opener for us to be able to share the gospel. In Levesque, many of you that have been to Haiti have been to Levesque. We were able to build 24 more homes, uh, so we're almost at 500 homes complete with 180 more to go. God continues to to give us the resources to provide homes for people that have literally been living in dirt and a tent since the earthquake, so five and a half years. So we're blessed to be able to, to do that. But all of that to say thank you for partnering with us and for helping us take the gospel to the nation of Haiti. I want to share with you a few things of where we're going from here uh, and what God's got on the horizon. The first thing is pastor's training. Uh, this past year we trained over 600 pastors throughout the country of Haiti. We were blessed to be given a gift that we could build a conference center for pastors right on the water. The government of Haiti gave us the land, and we're building this conference center so that pastors from all over the island can come in, and 200 of them at a time can sleep right there on our campus, be trained uh, by the pastors that come over, and then go back out and really influence their communities. I believe with my whole heart, if we're going to see the nation of Haiti change, Two things have to happen. One is they have, the pastors have to understand the nature and purpose of the church. And the second thing is we have to see the kids that are in schools be educated and discipled. Those two things will change a nation. So we're excited about the, the pastor's training center. Also, something, you know, we've, we've had orphan care for quite a while. We have 62 kids in our orphanage right now. And pretty much since the early, uh, the early 2000s, we had an orphanage. But the other end of that is the Bible tells, tells us to take care of orphans and widows. And we've seen a lot of people, elderly, that have come through that just when they get old enough, many times their family members are, are gone. They, they pass away before them, so they're left abandoned on the streets. And so God has blessed us to be able to start. We just kicked off two weeks ago a project called the Grace House. The Grace House will be an basically an orphanage for elderly where we take elderly off the streets, and they have a place to live. They have a place that they can have meaning in life. 
And what we're really excited about is our orphan kids, true orphans, will be able to work and minister to the orphan elderly. And that's just going to be so, so incredible what they'll learn. But I want Vanessa to come up. She's going to share a little bit about this. This is um, something that's dear to her heart. Vanessa. For a long time, um, the children obviously were dear to my heart and watching um, them grow up and realizing, wait a minute, it's been now 20 years over, ooh, ooh, that sounds horrible. <laughs> it's been over 20 years since I um, first went to Haiti. And um, so these little ones have grown up, but also the elderly that were elderly then have grown up and have outlived their life expectancy. And f for many people in Haiti, 58 to 60 is about what we expect them to live. Now we've cared for them physically in many ways, and there have been several that have come faithfully to the clinic and have gotten the help that they've needed, and they listened to the advice of the doctors and, and are doing well um, considering their environment. And there's one very special lady. I have stories I can tell you later if you want to hear, because I only have two minutes. So, <laughs> um, but... Uh, one lady in particular, sorry. That's okay. Um, <laughs> We're family, right? We are. <laughs> I love you all. Um, her name is Virgilie, and when I first met her, she had an open wound on her leg, and she was limping around, and she asked me one time, could you please help me clean my bandages? And I thought, well, I don't know what I'm doing, but sure, we unravel it, and what I saw I was not expecting and I asked her, how, when did this happen? How long has this been? And it had, she didn't remember. She didn't even know how old she was. She didn't know how long she had this open wound. She's a diabetic. And um, as often as she could, she'd come and see me, and I'd help her clean it up. Or Brad's mom would come visit, or other nurses would come. And we'd send her into the, t into the city to get help. And she'd faithfully, just as she would faithfully serve in our church, and faithfully be a, an incredible encouragement and prayer warrior for me and my family. She came to whoever could help her and would work on cleaning out her wound and taking care of her leg. And she was an example to many, many people. She was not a widow. She never was married. But she took in children that were abandoned or left behind or couldn't live in their environment. And she opened her home to others and has been faithful in that. Um, and still to this day is. Uh, at Christmas time, she had an accident and had fallen and broke her leg at that wound. And um, we tr they tried to cast it and save her leg. And in January, they decided that they were going to have to amputate. And this was something that she fought for her whole life. And um, so she's in um, General Hospital in... Port-au-Prince, which is not necessarily the best hospital to be at, um, but that's where she is, and uh, we'd love to be able to care for her and bring her home, but we're not ready for that yet. She really needs a place to go. Um, although she does have family, many of her family, like Brad said, have, have gone on before her and are no longer with us, so um, there are many children that love her very much, but um, it's just going to be difficult because she's... She had to wait for several weeks before she could even be strong enough for the surgery, and now she can't be re released because she's not strong enough um, to survive outside of the hospital. So if you could be praying for her and praying for us because we really have such a passion um, 
to help people like Virgily uh, have a better life from here into eternity. So thank you. Uh, you know, Virgily is, if you've been in our church in Haiti and you've ever been kissed on the lips by a Haitian woman, elderly Haitian woman, that was Virgily. That's, we always, when our kids were young, we had to teach them, listen, when Virgilie comes, turn your head quick, because she's going, she's going in for the kiss. But she is a, one of the sweetest ladies and just a, a model for many people. But there's many women and men that are like that, that are literally, literally abandoned, uh, that we're, we're very thankful that God's giving us the opportunity very soon to care for. Um, Two more things I want to tell you about that God's doing that I'm really excited about. The first is our technical school. Right next door to the main campus, God blessed us. The government gave, us to, gave it to us 60 acres, but God blessed us with this property. It's a beautiful piece of property, and on that property, we're building a technical school. The technical school will have diesel mechanics. It'll also have a teacher's school and internet technology and hospitality. Those are the four things we're starting with. Uh, the reason we're doing that is because now we can take those 196 kids that are graduating and we're getting ready to have more kids that are going to graduate. They'll be able to go right into a trade where for two years they'll be discipled and they'll learn a trade. And at the end of that two years, they'll leave us and be able to go into a job. And what we've dreamed up from day one is when we could put believers that are educated into places of influence, we could see the nation start to change. So we're just a few years from that happening, but we're really excited about God giving us the opportunity to do that. The last thing on the same property that God's doing this, hopefully in the next year, is we have the plans to build a sports complex. If you've been to Haiti, you've seen kids everywhere. There's a lot of kids and young men and women that they just don't have a lot of activity. So we're, we're really excited about being able to build a sports complex that'll be top-notch. It'll have an all-weather track. It'll have a turf field in the middle for soccer. It'll also have two practice soccer fields, have basketball courts, has to have basketball courts because I'm from Indiana. And all, it'll just be a beautiful complex. But the, the, the beauty of it is, is not the sport. We love sports, but what It'll attract the kids and the young men and women that then we can be able to, to really minister to them and share Christ. So God's doing tremendous things. Thank you for your partnership in the gospel. Uh, it is truly a blessing to be here and a blessing to be here when there's grass on the ground and not snow. Um, I want to quickly share with you a scripture that was read earlier that has, it, it rocks our world, uh, has from day one. And this is, it says this, Matthew 6. 19, don't store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven. This scripture was one that we read in 1997 and, and just it truly transformed our lives because one thing I've, I've learned about myself from this scripture is I am a good storer. I learned it from my mom and dad. I watched them put money away and put things away in store. Then I went to, to, to high school, and in high school, I learned, I thought I had what I needed, but then I learned that if you had a swoosh on your shoe, that was really cool. I, I became a better store because now I needed Nikes and needed things like that. And then I went to college, and I was educated on how to get better things and even store more. And then it led to where I met Vanessa. We, we got married, and and I was a planner, still am, and I, I had a plan. I start here, and I had my portfolio planned out. By the time I was 60, I will have stored enough that I can retire. Life is good, and if, and if, if it goes well, maybe even a little earlier. And then Haiti happened, 
1997, we went to Haiti and we saw this little baby die in her father's arms and God asked us to go to Haiti. And I had this wrestling with God of God, I have a plan and here it is, but you're asking me to do something else. And what I realized was this, that I had a, a portfolio, but what God was asking me was to have a kingdom portfolio. And so today my question to you and still is to me is what is your kingdom portfolio? Many times we'll, we'll talk about what our, our portfolio is, but what is your kingdom portfolio? And the first thing is this, I believe and God's teaching me is that every one of us are treasure hunters. Every one of us. Now, to prove that, if you look at Hollywood, you see what movies we like. So I'm going to name a few names and see if you know what movies they're from. Jack Sparrow. You know that one? Yeah, Pirates of the Caribbean. That's right. Treasure Hunter. People flock to those movies. They made many movies because I believe in our hearts we want to be a treasure hunter. Indiana Jones. Yeah. You know that one. Treasure Hunter. This, is a, this will test you. Ben Gates. National treasure, all treasure hunters, all people that we flock to see on the big screen, and many movies were made from them. But that was Hollywood, so let's make it real. Guys, when we go fishing or hunting, we, you never see on Facebook the picture of that guy holding up the little minnow that he caught. <laughs> it just doesn't happen. It's always that big fish, you know, look at this. It's a trophy. He caught the treasure. And ladies, I, I don't want to leave you out, so just in case you just think this is a guy thing, I, I know, not my wife, I've, not her, but other ladies I've heard when they go shopping and they find that dress that was $100 and now it's like $25 off, they're like, can you believe this dress? I got it for 25% off. Treasure. Because we're treasure hunters by nature. The question, I don't, I don't believe the question is, are we treasure hunters? We all are. The question is, what treasure are we hunting? And who is, who is advising us on that? Are we listening to culture and what culture tells us that this is the treasure you need, this is what will make you happy? Or as Jesus tells us here, are we listening to Christ's call, the culture that he says, that kingdom portfolio? What I believe that I'm learning is that we can't store up treasures on earth. Because treasures in heaven, what are the treasures in heaven? The treasures in heaven are people. We can't take anything with us. The only thing we can take with us to Haiti, or to heaven and Haiti, but heaven is people, souls. So what is your kingdom portfolio? Here's the last point. God gives us tools, not treasures. Look around what you have. All those things that you've been blessed with, all the things that I've been blessed with, and I don't care where you're at uh, in the economic scale here, we are blessed in America. We are totally blessed but when we look at what we have, God has given us incredible tools. And if we'll see them as tools instead of treasures and we'll hold them with an open hand instead of holding them tight, God will use those to unearth the real treasures, which are his people. I'm challenged by this because culture constantly screams at what I should do. And I feel like there's this call from the Lord saying, but look at my real treasures. Use what you have, your gifts, your talents, and your tools, and unearth the treasures that are right around you. I'm challenged by that, and I would challenge you today to realize all those things you have, they're tools, and they're, we can use them to really reach God's treasures, the people around us. I want to tell you about a couple treasures that we've had in Haiti. Uh, there's many, and I could stand up here all day, I won't, but 
One of them is a little girl named Madeline. She came to us, and her mom, or her grandma, and her were asleep in their little hut, and a car ran through the hut, killed her grandma, and smashed her so bad that she lost her leg. She came to us depressed, without hope, and we were able to take her to the prosthetics lab, this little eight-year-old girl, and put a leg on her and see her start to play again and see her start to, to walk again. That's her. And what a, I mean, incredible smile, but that smile wasn't there when she first came to us. Uh, I want to tell you about another young man that I, I'm going to show a video of here. This young man came to us. His mom came to us uh, at a Christmas time and said at church, if I, something ever happens to me, would you take care of my son? And we said, well, absolutely. But she looked healthy. She looked perfectly healthy. And we love this little guy. And so not too long after that, um, she passed away. And this, this young man, John Mark, is uh, a story of, of him. And I want to share that with you to say, number one, thank you. Young men like John Mark, we can care for them and we can give them a home because of partners like you. And secondly, is let's praise God together at what he's done through John Mark. And also, I pray that you're challenged by his story because he says a couple of lines in there that are just, they rock me every time I see it. And so I pray you're challenged that you'll use what you have to reach God's treasures. Thank you.